Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, a broadcast from the Arlington Chamber of Commerce. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Les Mullen Vistage, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Mike Rossnell, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Marissa Bagasro, Smolen Plebe, Mark Freeman Expense to Profit, Jason Smolen, Smolen Plebe, Steve Witt, and Darren Tully, Freedom Bank of Virginia. And we have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today, including Eric Dean, CEO of WearAware, followed by Andrew Gerstel, CEO of Windows Catering Company. Tara Carcillo, President and CEO of The Clearing, and Hank Levine, Levine, President and CEO of iPlace USA. Let's get let's get to know our first guest, Eric Dean, CEO of WearAware. Eric, what is WearAware? What are you guys doing? WearAware is a award-winning digital marketing agency, and we build websites and conduct digital marketing to uh, unlock large, the internet for our. How large or how small is the organization? Where we have 80 professionals at WearWare. 80 professionals. How old is the organization? 17 years. And uh, how long have you been with the organization? Been there for 17 years. And when you, uh, so you're one of the co-founders of the organization. That's correct. What was your role when you co-founded the organization? What were you supposed to be doing different than the other partners back then? I was the one who was to uh, organize the company and make things happen and make my partner's vision. How, How young were you when you began organizing the other kids? Give us an example of that, 8 to 14 years old. You know, I played a lot of sports as a kid, and uh, I was decent but never good enough to to be the star. So the role that I played was like point guard in basketball. My job was to find the guy who could make the shot at the end of the game and make sure he got the ball at the right time. What's that have to do with what you're doing nowadays, what you did as a kid in terms of basketball? I think that's the definition of a good CEO is uh, find uh, the right people, get them the right opportunities at the right time. We have a young lady here that you work with, uh, and uh, Tia, what, 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 is your, what is your full name there? My name is Tia Flick. And Tia, what's your role in the organization? I'm a partner. And, and tell me, what's it like to work with Eric? What's Eric bringing special to the party at the company? I think Eric is a really great leader. What, what, what's that mean? How's he, what, what makes him special in terms of a leader? I think it, it's his ability to listen to everyone in the company regardless of their title. Listen to everybody in the company, regardless. Why is that important? Because opinion or great ideas come from all different levels within the company, and to have a leader that can listen to all those ideas and figure out the ones that make the se- most sense for the company um, really helps push our. our Are you telling forward. me that the people in the company have an opportunity to contribute in ways that wouldn't necessarily be open to him because of his ability to understand and listen to people? Yes. Just wanted to make sure. Co-host, who's got the next question here? Eric, how many brothers and sisters did you have? I have an older sister and a younger brother. And what did you learn about your siblings that uh, helps with you um, working with your founders at the company today? We're three very different kids, and we all had different strengths, and we all had to find a way to sort of excel in our own space. Mm-hmm. Jason, did you have a question there? Yeah, I did. I noticed that, Eric, you had military service. Uh, yes. What um, in your family or your upbringing drove guided you towards going into the military service. Yeah. I was the first member of my family to be in the military and uh, actually was a ROTC scholarship and the opportunity to uh, leave small town Appalachian, Maryland that got me going. Were there, your family supportive of your move? 100%. It was a great opportunity and the finances notwithstanding, it was a great chance to see the world and get some great experience. Mm-hmm. Who's got the next question here? Why was that important for you and how does that show up now? I was a, an Army officer, and uh, at a very young age, you are taught some incredibly valuable lessons. Um, complete, your mission, complete your mission, take care of your troops, you know, getting a group of people together to believe in a common cause and do some unbelievable things. So translate, I, I don't know. How does that work in business now? I, I think that's still what, uh, what business leaders need to do is get people to believe in something bigger than themselves, work together, and uh, accomplish more than they could do on their own. Mm-hmm. Who's got Steven? Eric, why did, uh, you're a co-founder of the company. What, what did the other co-founders see in you to make him choose you as a partner? What do you think your strengths were there? I think he saw that I could uh, get things done, that I could get along with people, and uh, that I believed in uh, initiative and being proactive and not reactive. 
Hmm. You, you served in the military, and I'm wondering what, what kind of stuff did you gather from the military that you're using to run a newfangled ad agency? I don't understand the connection there. Well, both the inventory of the Army and the inventory of a digital agency is all people, is that nothing happens unless the people work, and the lessons you have and that you learn as an officer making the people work in the Army is exactly the same kind of things that make me successful these days. Give me an example of what you're talking about. What do you mean? Um, well, you're in the Army, you're given a mission, and you're not given a whole lot of instruction on how to figure it out. You have to figure it out. You have to get people together. You have to get the right people doing the right roles, and then you have to execute in a very short time period. And in the digital world today, things move, technology world, extremely fast. And, and I'd say that's a pretty good metaphor for what we do on a daily basis mm -hmm. at WearAware. Mark, you have a question there? Eric, thank you for your service. But on your website, you um, have a special talent. And it says that you have a special talent of untying knots. How does that special talent of untying knots relate to how you manage your business? Uh, good question. Um, nothing's super black and white these days. And uh, with, with brand new technologies and a constantly changing environment, you better be creative and you better be able to, uh, you know, think sort of outside the box and uh, um, unravel, um, unravel situations. Mm -hmm. Next question. Yeah, what did you learn about yourself in the Army that you use now? Um, I learned that even if you don't know 100% the right answer, that you may have somebody who works with you who is a lot smarter about you in that, and you have to have the, uh, the quick thinking to ask them what they think. Mm, wow, so you're actually asking your people what they think rather than just waiting for somebody to come to you. A absolutely. I mean, I, there's no single thing that I'm the smartest person at Wear Aware, um, and I think everybody in my company would agree with that. So mm -hmm. my job is to make sure that the, the right person gets the right question. Excellent. Darren, you got a question, or Marissa, or who's got well, the next <coughs> question here? Eric, are you married right now? I am. When you Were you married when you were a partner in the company or when you were founding the company? I was, yes. Mm -hmm. What was your wife's reaction when you were going in this business? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, my wife's a, a lawyer, so being risk adverse is uh, sort of part of her training. Um, and But I've always been an entrepreneur, and she knew that when she married me. What's a, what's a you have any kids? you have any children? I do. I have uh, two many, sons. Two sons. What's the similarity between being a CEO and being a dad? The similarity. Uh Communication, persuasiveness, um, you know, guiding. In, in my world, dictating doesn't work either as a parent or as a, as a business leader. Do, do you really see a parallel, though? I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you see a parallel between being a dad and being a CEO? It's coaching. It's mentoring. It's making people and kids be as reach their fullest potential. Um, Let me ask you a question. At home, who wears the pants in the family? What role do you play at home? Uh, well, well, mom runs the family for sure, um, but uh, you know I think I'm sort of the um, sort of the, the the steady hand and um, hopefully uh, giver of good advice. So the personality you have in the office is along the same lines as the personality you have at home. I, I think I'm the same person in the office that I am at home. Mm -hmm. Certainly try to be. And I guess one of the advantages of being the boss is you know you get to go in late and come home early. Anybody who's been an entrepreneur knows that's, knows that's not the case. Um, uh, no, it's um, you know part of being an entrepreneur is you're you're on twenty four seven regardless uh -huh. of where whether you're in the office or not. Uh huh. Where, where does the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial yeah. spirit come from for you? You know, both my grandfathers were successful business people, and then my parents went completely the other direction. We're both academics, and I think uh, it skipped a generation. And I just wanted to, you know, um, create something that was bigger than myself and that outlived myself. How, how young were you when you got that vision of wanting to create something bigger than you and uh, that would outlive you? What are you talking about there? And I was a young kid, um, and I just I always dreamed of people and read about people. Um, Give me an example. Uh, my hero growing up was Alexander the Great, and he c conquered the world by age 33, and I read a ton of books about him, and he was an inspiration. What, why? Um, because he did something that was unheard of. He did it at an incredibly young age, and uh, he changed the world. Isn't that what you're supposed to be doing for your clients? We're trying to help them change the world, um, and, and, and we're trying to help them unlock and unleash the, the new technologies and the new capabilities that are out there today. So as opposed, as opposed to being constrained by fitting in the box, I mean, your nature is to look outside the box, both in terms of building your own organization as well as helping your clients? I've never been a conformist, um, and uh, we certainly don't hire conformists that we're aware, so our job is to look beyond. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's a paradox in there. You go in the Army, pretty structured. We've got a way of doing things here. Don't you have to conform? 
you know, that's the mis- that's the misconception. What you're also expected to do in the Army is to make decisions on the spot um, that are right for you and your unit um, all the time. So who do you call up, Alexander the Great, in your mind when you're actually in those situations? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, Alexander the Great, and then I switch over to, uh, you know, a Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, you know, business leaders who are thinking outside the box and changing the world. Interesting. What's the uh, website address for this company called WearAware? WearAware.com. W-H-E-R-E-O-W-A-R-E. Uh-huh. Where, where did the name come from, by the way? It's one of our earlier iterations. It was uh-huh. a place. Uh, we were going to be an online marketplace, and uh-huh. it was Where Are so, All the Wares. So you keep on evolving. We've been speaking with Eric Dean, CEO of WearAware, here on Executive Leaders with my co-host, Les Small and Vistage, Drew Applebaum, Potomac Companies. Mike Ross now, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Marissa Bagasra, Small and Plevy, Mark Friedman, Expensive Profit, uh, Jason Small and Small and Plevy, Steve DeWitt, Steve Witt, and Darren Tully, Freedom Bank of Virginia. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. And your name is? Tia Flick. And Tia, what, what organization are you with? WearAware. And uh, what is WearAware? What do you guys do? We're a digital agency. Mm-hmm. And what's your specialty in the agency? I focus on search and analytics. Search and analytics. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So that's uh, how you show up organically at Google. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how to measure all of that. Now, there's only certain certain kinds of businesses that should be worrying about that stuff, right? Nope. Everyone should be worrying about it. Tell us a little bit about what types of clients and what kinds of industries you've been able to help. We work across a broad range of industries. Um, so we work with everyone, local companies mm-hmm. who might do air conditioning and HVAC mm-hmm. to really large companies that you might have heard of, like Pitney Bowes. Mm-hmm. So, and you're helping these folks. Your specialty in the firm is helping them with a digital strategy? Yes. So I I specifically focus on uh, all their search needs. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you like about that gig? Well... The, the industry is moving at a lightning fast speed, mm-hmm. and I love being able to help our clients guide through that chaos that's happening. So you come up with creative ideas and present these ideas to them regarding how to get them results from search and all that other kinds of stuff. That's correct. And you got to keep involved with them because there's so many things changing all the time, it sounds like. Yes, constantly. Hmm. Doesn't that frighten you, all that change? Oh, I think it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I I love mm-hmm. the constant pace of change. Excellent. What's the website address for the organization? It's wearaware.com. Let me have that again. Wearaware.com, W-H-E-R-E-O-W-A-R-E.com. We've been speaking with your name again is? Tia Flick. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Marissa Bagasra. And Marissa, the, what's, the, what's the name of the organization you're with? I work with Smolin Plevy. And that's a law firm, right? That's right. Uh-huh. What's your role in the firm? I'm an associate attorney. I work in the trust and estates department. Why do you like working in the estate and trust department of a law firm? What's really important to me is the personal connection that I can make with people that are going through a really difficult time, and I can help make a difference. Huh. How? So when someone passes away, what family members are not thinking about is all the court filings, changing all of the names on the accounts, dealing with all the debts, and that's something that I can take off their plate so they can focus on themselves and their families. You really care about your clients, don't you? This is not just law to you. This is not just filing papers. It's the people that turned you on, isn't it? Absolutely. Do you really get involved with the families? Oh, yes. Yes, well, very involved. Uh, so if somebody's the, the spouse or the children or the parents or the grand, the whole dynamic you get involved with, huh? Oh, yes. But is there stuff that people can that, that we can do in advance of somebody passing to make it easier? Certainly. Absolutely. Like what? Well, we always suggest that people set up a comprehensive estate plan, and that's something that we do at our firm. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from a will to a revocable trust, powers of attorney, figuring out what you want to do medically. If you get into a situation where you can't make your own decisions, all of those things are very important. So you can decide all this in advance, put it on paper, and then it makes life easier when the time comes. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, in order to do that, you need to sit down with everybody in the family? Well, I'll tell you what, what what's the website address for your firm so people Smolin can contact Plevy, you? Yep, smolinplevy.com. Let me, how do you spell that? 
S M O L E N P L E V Y dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And your name again is Marissa Bagasra. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, and we'd like to introduce Andrew Gerstel, who is the CEO of an organization known as Windows Windows Catering Company. Andrew, what is Windows Catering Company? What are you guys doing? Windows Catering Company is a full-service catering company and event management company. How large or how small is this organization? Uh, we have about 325 employees. Uh-huh. And uh, when, you joined the, uh, when you joined the business full-time... Uh, about what size was it as opposed to now? Uh, we were about uh, 65, 70 employees at a run rate of about $7 million a year. So you've gone from 65 employees to 325 employees since you joined the organization how many years ago? Uh, 14, going on 15 years. So uh, you've really helped build this organization. Uh, how'd you get involved with the organization originally? Considering how you've built it, you've almost quadrupled it. How'd you get involved with the organization? Um, my story is pretty simple. I'm married into this business. So uh, you, your, your wife, uh, her family was in this business, and you originally joined the business part-time from what I understand. And that's correct. The company's uh-huh. 30 years old. We grew out of the restaurant business mm-hmm. right down the street here in Arlington. Right. And uh, 1987. Where are, from, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm a product of an IBM family, so mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I moved uh, four many, or five times over the years. Oh, so you went to a bunch of different schools. How did that affect you? What did you learn growing, going to all those different schools as a kid? It must have been pretty tough. It was. Every time we made a move, I had to find new friends, new activities, and, and it was... Um, what did you, know, you learn from that experience? What did you learn from those difficult experiences moving as a kid that you use every day nowadays in business to build the business? You know, we had to get creative uh, to, to find new friends and activities, and, and so I was always had a sort of an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, so everywhere mm-hmm. we moved... Tried to um, you know start a lawn mowing business or mm-hmm. uh, build how many uh, tree brother, houses. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have an older sister. And uh, tell us about how much older is your sister? She's about two years older. Uh-huh. Tell us about your relationship with your sister. Uh, she was my uh, best friend every move. We always seemed to lean on each other uh, to to build a new life in each so new city that we moved. Wait, to. wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that when you moved. You really had faith and trust and felt safety and hanging with your sister because you had to build a new community with her. I'm wondering if uh, your relationship with your sister had anything to do with the success you've had in building the business. Um, I, I think it did. I, I think we, um, you know, learned a lot about uh, relationships. What percentage and of the business? What percentage of your business is women? Uh, our current. Um, Business is about 70% women. So what did your sister teach you about business? Uh, I just think uh, that uh, you know ideas come from a lot of places, and women have a, a unique perspective on hospitality in general. And the, the hospitality business is... Uh, it, it can be really challenging, and, and I think uh, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you can involve uh, your entire organization, and uh, women certainly bring a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Next question. Who's got it? You weren't always in the hospitality industry. You were in a different industry, and you made a, a crossover. Can you explain what was the reason for the crossover? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so my father was with IBM uh, for 35 years in you know, big corporate America, and I tried that for a few years going through some of their training programs um, out of college uh, and then quickly got into uh, technology. I felt like I was um, more of an entrepreneur than a uh, corporate America type of uh, individual. Darren, so, you have a question? Yeah, you mentioned that you uh, started working at the company to get close to the owner's daughter, who you've now uh, married as a mm-hmm. result. What did marrying the owner's daughter do to the, the pressure of wanting to succeed as now CEO of Excellent the Excellent question. Sure. Anytime you walk into a, a family business, uh, especially when uh, your own family uh, didn't uh, found the company, there's a lot more pressure than most people think uh, to really prove Wait yourself. Wait a minute. So you weren't looking for a free ride. You felt more pressure to succeed? I saw a business that had great potential to grow, and uh, I saw an opportunity mm-hmm. to, uh, to really make an impact. Marissa, Jason, what kind of questions you guys got? Andrew, who do you go to when you have questions or concerns? Do you talk with your wife, with your father-in-law? I have a lot of outlets for uh, sort of my confidants. Um, my wife want, being one of them since she grew up in the business. Um, my, my father-in-law, who was an entrepreneur and started the business with my mother-in-law. Uh, and then I have a peer group network that I uh, also 
participate in a group of CEOs that I uh, also bounce ideas off of and draw strength and uh, and, and inspiration from. Jason, what do you think? Well, yeah, well, you went from computers to food and then married for love and not necessarily love of food. When you moved with your parents, what prepared you? Did they prepare you? for challenges and changes of situations that are relevant to what you're doing today? Oh, what a wonderful question. Yeah, I think, again, going back to my sister, I followed my sister into the restaurant business when I was 14. She was 16. She would drive me into work. I was uh, washing dishes and moved my way up. Uh, wait, 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 wait. wait. So, so your sister helped orient you to the restaurant business. Again, mm-hmm. it shows the closeness between you and your sister and how she helped you with your relationship with women, especially in business. When you were hired working at that restaurant, what was your original job? Uh, original job was as a dishwasher. And what ended up happening? Uh, how long did most kids last? How long did you last? And what was different than what other kids did? So I lasted uh, about a year and a half in the business. I saw a few, several of uh, the other dishwashers sort of uh, bail and, and look for other uh, opportunities. As opposed to you, what happened with your role? Uh, I think they saw something in me as a, as a leader and somebody who uh, was a hardworking At individual. 14 years old, well. what kind of stuff did you end up doing? Uh, they moved me to uh, uh, a bar back, not serving alcohol, but you know, oyster shucking and, and expediting food out of the kitchen. So hospitality goes back in my blood uh, for, so, for most. Yeah, well, you moved, you moved into a, a bunch of different roles from the dishwasher, all these other things. I mean, you know, they saw this stuff in you, Stephen. What are you thinking? Uh, Andrew, uh, the restaurant business is a 24-7 business, uh, as you mentioned, and your family's into it. Um, and this day and age is very challenging, uh, work-life balance. So you have three kids, I think you mentioned earlier. Um, with the family being committed, how do you balance that work-life balance? Yeah, that, that's always a, a challenging question for anybody in hospitality. Uh, and it's important to me to carve out time uh, during the week for, for family, um, whether it's individual activities with my kids or my wife, date night with my wife, and then also personal interest, at least a, a few hours uh, a, a week dedicated to, to some of my personal interests. Excellent. Mark, Marissa, who's got the next question here? Do you hope to continue the family line of ownership? Do you want your kids to take over the business someday? Uh, th- that's for them to decide. I, uh, I encourage them to um, you know, choose their own path. Uh, they, they come to the company regularly. They, they love the, the bake shop and, and tasting all the, the pastries and cookies and brownies. And, uh, so I'll leave it to them whether they decide to pursue an industry. Uh, how how old are your kids? Uh, all girls, uh, uh-huh. 15, 12, and 9. Boy, you have this special relationship with ladies. So as opposed to wanting them to do certain things, you're sort of like interested in who they are? Yeah, absolutely. They all have their unique talents and interests. And as a father, uh, I, I try to coach them uh, and mentor them and encourage them uh, to, to pursue their passion. We talk about uh, passion a lot in the hospitality business, and, and I encourage them to find their passion as well. Uh, that's interesting. Is there any similarity between being a dad and being the CEO of Windows Catering Company? Sure. I, I think that uh, any leader you know, seeks to surround themselves with, with talented, smart people uh, who they're good listeners, and I think that carries through in fatherhood. Uh, listening to your to your children and, and hearing what what their interests are and what their challenges are and growing up mm-hmm. is your sister your sister's evidently aware I hope she's aware of the success you're having nowadays with this uh, restaurant food related business oh yes we still have a very strong relationship does she realize that she helped orient you to the food industry and also to working with all these women and you know three daughters uh, I, in recent years we we've had more uh, Specific discussions around uh-huh. uh, our, our upbringing, and, and yes, I believe she does What's know. the website address for Windows Catering Company? Our website address is catering.com. We've been speaking with Andrew Gerstel, CEO of Windows Catering Company, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. One help starting, growing, fixing, or exiting your business with the help from this show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you start, grow, fix, or exit your business because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you start, grow, fix, or exit your business because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. 
now. Email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. Get help from CEOs who have walked in your shoes and succeeded. Get help from CEOs who appreciate and understand what you're going through. Email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working 9 to 5, or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients, because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Ramon Parker. And Ramon, what organization are you with? I'm executive director of Loudon Free Clinic based in Leesburg. And what what is Loudon Free Clinic? What kind of stuff do you guys do? We're a charitable clinic serving 18 to 64-year-olds who are 200% or below the federal poverty level. How many folks do you serve a year, and what do you do for them? So we're off, we have about 1,000 patients, and we're offering 6,500 visits to those patients a year. Doing what kind of stuff for these patients? Uh, this would be similar to an internal medicine clinic if you were going to seek care. 90% mm-hmm. of our patients are chronic disease uh, patients, and so we're looking to take care of them long term. So um, wh- why don't you go into business and go make a lot of money? Why are you doing this? Well, my goal really is to change the business of healthcare, making sure that we're taking care of it in a patient approach rather than a profit approach. So is your background medicine? My background's in public health, and I've been doing that for the last 15 years. So, so, so what, what's the essence of your job? What, are you trying, what, what, what do you do different than everybody else in the organization? So I'm offering an opportunity for patients and for our staff to understand that uh, everyone needs a chance, and so giving people a chance at their most vulnerable point can really help them to achieve the possible. Why is that so appealing to you? Why is that appealing to me? Because someone did that for me. Someone helped me ask a que- answer a question I had once. Like what? When? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do we see things the way they are today? Why are things still in a form where they're not, pro- not benefiting the patients all the time? Mm-hmm. And then why is it that we haven't changed the business of healthcare yet? Hmm. How young were you when somebody helped you see that stuff? Well, I was 13 when I saw that my last open-heart surgery. I've had four. Wow. So you've had some medical challenges. I have. So I've been a patient. So, so my perspective as a healthcare leader mm-hmm. uh, helps me to understand what it's like to be on the table. What's the website address for Loudon Free Clinic? That's loudonfreeclinic.org. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Tara Carcillo, President and CEO of The Clearing. Tara, what is The Clearing? The Clearing is a management consulting firm that works with leaders who are taking on problems that demand social and technical solutions. Hmm. How old is the organization? It was founded in 2008. And when you started with the organization, what was your role? I came in as a consultant. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would, what, uh, what, when they brought you in as a consultant, what was your specialty? What did you enjoy doing back then? I would say my specialty was working um, with large groups in live time, uh, mm-hmm. creating solutions, identifying ideas, mm-hmm. uh, making the most of their time together. You mentioned earlier that sometimes your specialty became understanding contentious environments as well. 
And uh, I'm wondering, in your childhood, when did you have to go sort stuff out? When did sorting things out and figuring things out and dynamics and stuff begin to occur to you? Uh, Well, my father was from a a large Irish Catholic family with 61 first cousins. We lived in New York State, but they were all based out of the Philadelphia area. So we would go visit them from time to time. And uh, I came from a smaller family, just this one older brother. And visiting there was uh, a whole uh, arena in and of itself. And so I think I did a lot of sense-making on my way home or on my way there. How young were you when you remember doing, when you were trying to figure this kind of stuff out? Uh, Probably fourth or fifth grade, I remember consciously thinking, what the heck is going on? So you were trying to figure out group dynamics in a young age. And and then when you came home, what was that environment like? My home environment was quite peaceful. Uh, My dad was a school teacher. My mom was a school nurse. Um, both very engaged. I got so to what spend did, what a lot did, of time. What did with you them? learn about that? I mean, you know, on one hand, you're going to an environment which was somewhat chaotic, and then you would come home to peace and safety. How? What did you learn about that that you use every day now? And is that something you bring to your clients? Absolutely. I think the conditions um, that you solve problems in matter. So the ability to have reflective time, space. Um, to think about things that are chaotic and difficult um, is essential to any leaders being able to um, make mm-hmm. the change that they want to make. All right, Darren, now that I stole your question, what question do you have there? Oh, no, I, I certainly relate to the Irish Catholic uh, Thanksgivings. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever go to those growing up? We actually didn't spend Thanksgiving uh, with family. We spent it with uh, very close friends of my parents. So how does that have an effect on you and your business career now, um, that dichotomy of the, the calm at home and the chaos of the extended family yeah, and also the ability to construct your own thanksgiving yeah i think the importance of choice um and establishing different types of relationships is really fundamental to people finding success and joy and uh, happiness right, 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 right. give me that again there's something pretty profound there i'm not quite getting that what are you talking about i think that it's important to understand that you have choice in how and when you relate to people and that a variety of um, relationships matter. It's not just having it one single way. Mm-hmm. Marissa, what are you thinking? What are you kind of what's what's going through your mind? Well, you mentioned this order out of chaos and such a large family dynamic. Oh, growing up with just you and I believe one sibling, did you ever want more uh, interaction with peers? And if so, how did you seek that out? I would say um, that, yes, I remember wanting to play and interact much more with my older brother, who by nature was a bit more introverted. So I craved that affiliation. Um, I remember not wanting to take naps because I thought I was going to miss something. So I've always had a social side, a a craving to be around people. All right. What's that have to do with your business career? How's that affecting your business career? I think it plays directly into um, understanding people's need to be in groups. Um, and also people's need to be out of groups. Again, the duality of both of those is just so essential to um, making progress. You are a self-aware lady. And Marissa, that was a great question. What else you think in there? So you talked about knowing when to be out of groups. Mm. Are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? And how does that affect your business? Um, by true nature, I would say an introvert. Um, how it affects my business is I've become acutely aware of the different roles that I need to play. And sometimes a group needs something from you different than what you might naturally want to be. Hmm, Jason? Yeah, so I, I have this theme that I hear of order and chaos. Uh, do you have a preference? <laughs> right now, order would be my preference. <laughs> and, and how much of growing up, because you had this duality with the the larger, broader family and your own family with it, that you uh, lived with, um, how did that help you uh, sort things out and know what what to put in which world as you grew up? Yeah, I think um, I think that I would know about myself is that when it's too quiet, I feel like I'm bored. So I like to take on risk and figure things out along the way. But when I'm in the risk and the chaos, I uh, think, how do I get out of this? So I think that creates a real dynamic in my life that um, keeps does, me moving forward. Does that forward. drive you to solve chaos? Absolutely. And I love the creative energy. I'm, I'm addicted to that creative part of uh, being in the role that I'm in. Mark? So growing up, were you part of any sports teams? Yes. I was uh, an active and avid basketball player, and then I was a rower. What role did you play on those teams, and how does that relate to how you manage business today? Uh, I was captain on many of the teams that I served on, and I would say what um, what the sports environment taught me was confidence, the ability to create an identity, um, the ability to measure success um, through a competitive event, and um, the integral importance of relationships on the court and off the court. Marissa, what else are you thinking? 
Do you have any kids? I do. I have three children, 10, 7, and 3. And how does being a mom impact what you do in your work life? Uh, it's all in the timing. So I think there's lots of things I'm trying to get done, whether at home with a child or my children or at work. And I've become very sensitive to timing, when to make the ask, um, when to be directive. Uh, that styling has been uh, fine-tuned over time. Uh-huh. Les? What prepares you to play in the, in, the, in the space that you play in, i.e., you describe it as being high social and high technical complexity, mm -hmm. so I'm assuming it has a high degree of risk as well. What prepared you for that? Uh, I think two things. One, I was a biology major, so I have a, a deep scientific side in uh, uh, asking critical questions and analyzing situations, but I also grew up in a family that had deep faith. And I remember um, being at a young age, my father was in a master's program where we traveled to San Francisco and had to figure out where we were going to stay each summer. And this was before Airbnb and all the different technologies uh, that support wait, that wait, wait, wait. You say deep faith. What are you talking about? Uh, well, the, the master's program that I'm referencing is, um, was in applied spirituality. So my parents grew up Catholic. Um, but then ended up deviating and really uh, applying spirituality in, in their own way throughout the course of their life. Is there a connection between spirituality and intuition? Absolutely. I think um, very often in the role that I'm in, I think really critically about how do I get the answer to this problem where I, where I don't have all the information and that I think I need. how do you get the answer? Um, it's that reflection time. I think it's um, looking for signals in the environment, looking for answers in places that I might not expect to see them. So you're, some of us would call that intuition? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, paying attention to both my body, my spirit, my mind, all of those are channels that I'm te teeing up and queuing in on to uh, make sense and make decisions. What was going on with mom's family and dad's family that queued you into this stuff? So my mom grew up in, a, in an environment that was uh, wrought with addiction. So, uh, so she had processed that and survived much of that most of her life. Um, and then, again, I talked about my father grew up with three other brothers, but a l very large extended family. Um, and in the extended family, there was actually three couples from two families. So there was so many layers of dynamics between all these families. Uh, it just, the complexity was went on and on. So you, you, your nature is to sort stuff out. I'm wondering about that addiction stuff. How, how, mm. did, did, that, did that make it difficult, easier? I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. What did you learn from that? Um, I think it's people's coping strategy, right? So you learn coping strategies as you grow up, regardless of the environment that you're in. Some are healthier, some are less healthy. Some work for a time, and then they don't. So I think learning how people solve problems and respond to the conditions that they're in and helping them recognize the, the points at which a tool is no longer useful um, is a really critical asset in the service we provide to clients um, but certainly, um, it's humbling as I uh, mm -hmm. lead the company. Marissa? What's your go-to coping strategy? I love to hike. Um, so that's my favorite place, I think, being out in nature and uh, disconnecting from all the people that I like being around so much. So you, have your, you need your safe space, but also uh, you, know, you like to uh, connect with people. Jason? Yeah, um, you had just said that friends describe you as easy to get along with but hard to get to know. Why would you say that? Um, I think I'm artful in what I reveal. I love to listen. I love to pay attention. I love to take in information and observe things. Um, I don't love to share about myself. Uh, <laughs> so it's probably just a little self-protection. Uh -huh. What's the best part about your day? What do you enjoy most? Um, I love the mornings. Um, I like being able to connect with my kids before I head out. Um, and I like the variety of things I get to do in any given day. Mm, what do you mean? Everything from uh, uh, selling or uh, creating new relationships to solving problems to writing to interacting with uh, teammates that I have in the company to sit sitting alongside clients who are in really difficult situations and creating even if it's only 30 minutes of relief from the dynamics that they're experiencing, that that's, feels good to me. Huh. What's the uh, website address for uh, The Clearing? Theclearing.com. Theclearing.com. We've been talking, we've been speaking with Tara Carcillo, President and CEO of The Clearing. Here on Executive Leaders Radio with my co-host Les Small and Vistage, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Mike Rossnell, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Marissa Bagastra, Small and Plevy, Mark Freeman, Expensive Profit, Jason Small and Small and Plevy, Steve Witt, and Darren Tully, Freedom Bank of Virginia. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders, executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. And your name is? 
My name is Richard Bright. And Richard, what's the name of your organization? Uh, Bright Concepts. And what is Bright Concepts? What do you guys do? We're an association management company. We manage trade associations and consult to others, uh, mainly uh, in in the sense of increasing revenue and sponsorship sales. So you're helping your associations that you manage increase membership and increase revenues. Absolutely. Hmm. And and, and how long have you been doing this for? Ooh, since 97, incorporated in 97. 97. And how did you get involved with this business? Um, I came over from the UK in 91 mm-hmm. and was sponsored by an organization mm-hmm. uh, back then to help mm-hmm. them with their sponsorship sales and growth. Why do your clients love you? Why, why, why do they appreciate about you? Um, trust. They trust that we're going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we've become very strong relationships with all of our clients, and mm-hmm. we get them results. So I think that's why we're, uh, huh, we're so special. Interesting. What do you like about your job? What do you enjoy about your job? You know, um, the people. I think the people we meet, and, you know, we're not for profit organization. We work for not for profit, so mm-hmm. it's it's partly the cause, too. So uh, the people and the cause. Wow. So you really enjoy your job, and you're helping these associations build their membership and build revenue do you do you help provide them a variety of services is that how you do it oh, absolutely and we're constantly looking to add new services and benefits to the organization huh so you'll help them with their websites through everything yeah websites communication uh you know heavy emphasis on meetings conventions trade shows for some depends on what their needs are and the type of organization so you really understand the formula of how an association can increase revenue and build membership we think so, yeah. Hmm, it's, inter- it's very fast, interesting. What's the website address of your organization? Brightconcepts.net. Let me have that one more time. That's brightconcepts.net. And we've been speaking with Richard Bright, president and founder of Bright Concepts. And your name is? Craig Browning. And Craig, what organization are you with? KWC, Certified Public Accountants. And, and what, what are you guys doing special for your clients? What do you like about your job? Well, I think the thing that's really unique about where I work is beyond the obvious, you know, being responsive to clients and quality personal service, which is our mission, is the way that we went about that. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that it's continuity of staffing. And what I mean by that is what's kind of unique about our firm, well, is, is unique about our firm, is yeah. in the accounting industry, um, this is sort of backwards. We have approximately 65% of our staff are female. Yeah. Seven of our 12 principals are female. We've actually won national awards for the amount of females that are on staff. But the point to that really is how that grew organically over time is when we had quality people on staff and then they were going to move away for one reason or another, Uh or they decided after they went on maternity leave, they weren't coming back, is we offer them the opportunity to stay on board. What's What's the benefit to your clients of that? Well, my point to that being that ultimately what happens in a public accounting firm is you get staff that work on a particular engagement and mm-hmm. then they move on yep. and then you have to re- retrain them all over and mm-hmm. people have to get to know new people mm-hmm. this way we keep all the quality people on board so the clients benefit because as opposed to turnover you're actually able to make sure that the same professional is servicing for a longer period of time exactly and are they is it and then this point this point person that's been with the organization a long time they're able to pull in other experts i guess exactly how large or how small is your firm uh, we're about 70 CPA or well accountants. So you have right a variety now. of specialties all under the same roof, and because you have the same point person, they really get to know what the client needs, huh? Correct. Interesting. And uh, what's the website address for this organization? KWCCPA.com. Let me have that one more time. KWCCPA.com. This is Herb Cohen. This has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from this show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, 
We may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. To hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. And we'd like to introduce Hank Levine, who is Levine? Levine. Levine. Levine, President and CEO of iPlace USA. What is iPlace USA? iPlace is the largest company that provides outsourced recruiters who work from India, but they work only for American companies, placing Americans into American jobs. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty clever idea. How, how young were you when you started coming up with clever ideas, or what kind of clever ideas have you come up with through the course of your life? I understand you own some patents or something? You know, I've actually done a lot of things. So ever since I was young, I've really wanted to make a difference. In fact, I can remember the first time I flew in an airplane. I was fortunate enough to go to summer camps. So I flew from my hometown of Pittsburgh to Scranton, Pennsylvania. And looking out of the window of an airplane was really a, an amazing experience Why was that? Why was it an amazing? What were you thinking when you looked out the window of the airplane? Well, I just saw, I saw so many houses, and I, and I got a perspective for how big the world was and how many people were in it. And I was just thinking to myself, boy, there's so many people. They're good people. They love their families. They go to their jobs. But they're really not making a difference in the world. And I was just thinking of that the whole way. So you wanted to make a difference. How do you think you've been able to make a difference? Yeah, and <laughs> in fact, I actually learned there's there's a word for mm-hmm. what I was thinking. It's called coinophobia. There we and go. That's, and, and coinophobia is the fear of being Excellent. ordinary. Darren, Darren, do you have a uh, question there? So tell us a little bit more about how you've had to redefine yourself, uh, reinvent yourself, I guess, is the word, over these years. Well, all right, so I always wanted to go for something that was really big and, and, and the home run. So I was always kind of cutting edge, sometimes bleeding edge. Out of college, I went to work for a company where I did fusion energy research because I wanted to work on something that could be transformative in energy. Mm-hmm. I realized that it was Excellent. probably at that time just a big science Steven, experiment. Do you have a question there? Steven? Um, as far as uh, being creative and reinventing yourself, what qualities do you think, uh, what are a couple qualities that allow you to do that, to just reinvent yourself? Uh, resiliency and confidence. Excellent. Jason, you have a question. Yeah, what, what did your parents do? Uh, my father owned a hardware store, and my mother uh, taught special needs students. Mm-hmm. Mark, you have a question? So your father owned a hardware store. Did you work for your father? And if you did, what did you learn in that experience that has brought you to where you are today? Absolutely. So I would, I would go to work on Saturdays. And my father would uh, save all the terrible jobs for me. So I would get there, and I would see these enormous truckloads of rock salt or sacrete, and I would pick up these huge bags, mm-hmm. and I would spend the whole day putting them away. What did you learn from that to use nowadays? Uh, I, I learned the importance of hard work. Mm-hmm. I also learned the importance of being smart about work so you didn't always have Excellent. to do hard work. What does the fear of being ordinary got to do with running a business? Well, uh, I try to run. I'm not just trying to run a business, and I've never been about making money. I've always been focused on trying to do something that touches a lot of people's lives and makes their, makes the world a better place. Mm. What do you mean by that? What are you talking about? Well, all right. So even starting with fusion research, I was uh, one of the earliest people in the '80s starting uh, companies in home automation. Uh, worked and in, even in, in iPlace, we talk about transforming lives all the time. We take. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when Excellent. we get people's great jobs, we transform mm-hmm. their lives. Excellent. Stephen, you have a question? Where, where do you think you got the qualities of resiliency, the clever from? You think they got you, the, just the clever, the intuition, and just the, the creativity. You think that you got that from your mom or your dad or a combination of both? I would say a combination of both. And even, even my siblings, a uh, very close-knit family. How so many siblings do you have? I have uh, two sisters and a brother. Mm-hmm. Where are you in the pecking order? 
I'm second. So I had an older sister, then me, uh, younger brother, younger sister. So you had a pretty close-knit family, huh? Yeah, and in fact, there were five of us in four years. So mm-hmm. growing up, that seemed ordinary. Mm-hmm. As we, as I got older, we started thinking my parents must have been nuts. Les? Great-grandfather. What influence did he have on you that shows up now? Uh, my great-grandfather, he lived to be 97, so he was kind of the patriarch of the family. And everyone looked up to him. He brought a lot of stories over and values from the old country, mm-hmm. and they just got passed down to everybody. And what did you take away and use now? Uh, again, uh, hard work, but also mm-hmm. smart work, being creative, looking for opportunities. Mike Darren, you guys got a question there? Uh, what is it about India that brought you there? Uh, India, I, I worked for several venture capital-backed software companies where almost the whole development team was Indian, and uh-huh. I just saw the creativity and the opportunities Excellent. in India. Jason. Yeah, and so your mother and father had very different careers. Uh, which one did you take after? I would say career-wise, more my probably more my father. Mm, what do you mean? Um, my father was probably more focused on building businesses. My mother more on building families. Tyron, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Do you have any kids? I have. Yeah, I have two daughters. So how does that uh, work into your CEO responsibilities now? Uh, I, I was. Well, so my one daughter, she lives in Georgia. She's working in Georgia now. My second daughter is graduating this year from University of Maryland. I've been very lucky. They've been very easy kids Mm -hmm. to raise, no problem. Stephen? As far as your career goes now, what is the next challenge? What is the next thing you're working on? What are you looking forward to? Uh, we're trying to grow the company really big. So we have a BHAG in the company. We want to grow the company at 10,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Mark, question. 10,000 employees. How many employees do you have now? 370. Mm. That's a huge jump. From yeah, but on the other hand, he's also got 370 people. He's going yeah. to do it. You know, well, we got to grow. We got to do it by 2025. We got to grow 46 percent a year, and we're on pace to do that. Going back go. to your sibling, how would your siblings describe you versus how your coworkers or employees would describe you? Would there be a difference in description or adjectives used to describe you? Uh, hopefully not. I I think uh, very hardworking, very caring, very fair. Mm-hmm. Caring and fair, that's interesting. You know, you're you're an entrepreneur and you want to make a difference. Caring and fair, you think that's part of the equation? I think it's reciprocal. If you show respect for people, they usually show respect for you. I mean, a big difference between a family and a company is in a family, if people aren't with the program, you, or I mean with a company, if they're yeah. not with the program, you can fire them. Yeah, but it sounds to me like you really, uh, you really care about your people. Uh, very much. So it's not just ideas. Uh-huh. What's the website address of the organization? iPlaceUSA.com. We've been speaking with Hank Levine, Levine, who is the president and CEO of iPlaceUSA. We've also had the opportunity of speaking with Eric Dean, who is the CEO of Wear Aware, followed by Andrew Gerstel, CEO of Windows Catering Company, Tara Carcillo, president and CEO of The Clearing, and again, most recently, Hank Levine, who is the president and CEO of iPlaceUSA. I'd like to thank my co-hosts. Les Mullen, Vistage, Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Michael Rossnow, Arlington Chamber of Commerce, Marissa Bagasra, who's Smolen Plevy, Mark Friedman, Expensed Profit, Jason Smolen, Smolen Plevy, Steve Witt, and Darren Tully, Freedom Bank of Virginia, for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today, and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.